You're listening to the WCU Wellcast, a podcast brought to you by the Office of Wellness Promotion. My name is CJ, and I'll be your host. Today, we'll be continuing our conversation about positive psychology with Professor Steve Yulenbrock from our psychology department. Professor, why don't you tell us about yourself? Okay, um, a little bit about myself. Well, I've been teaching positive psych here at Westchester University um, about a decade, roughly. Um, started before that with my coaching business where I did the, the positive, basically it was positive psychology coaching. Couldn't do psychology with clients, but it's positive coaching. Um, live my life with a positive mindset. That's the way that I am. Um, the positive psychology field, when I found out about it, felt like this was a perfect um, area for me and that I needed to, to learn more about it. So I went, got my, um, with my coach training, I studied positive psychology. That's where I first learned about positive psychology and the, and the, the details of it was when I got my life coach training. Um, and then since then, been reading books and books and watching videos and doing all kinds of stuff. And, and now, like I said, for the past decade, been teaching positive psychology. And it's interesting how it has evolved just over the decade that I've had. It's only been around 23 years, roughly now. So it's very, very new field. Um, but I got to tell you, it is without a doubt, uh, my favorite class to teach. Uh, and I've taught half a dozen courses at the university. Um, and it's really not like working when I teach this class because it's something that students can apply to their life and can make a difference, a positive difference in their life. And, um, you know, when I see the results of the students, when I see their, their papers, their feedback, their emails, things like this, it's like, yeah, this, this is all worthwhile without a doubt. Yeah, it must be so great to just have that constant influx of like good emotions coming in and, and being sent out. That's great. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, in the past, when I've read before this class, I've read papers and things. It's just like, oh, I've got to read this paper, you know, and I have like whatever you have 50 students, whatever students, and you got to read 50 papers. And it's just like, oh my God, I got to read 50 papers. Now, I've got three sections, like 200 and almost 220 positive psychology students. And you have like a gratitude reaction paper that you're handing in. And I look forward to it. And I get positive vibes and positive emotions from reading their reaction papers and seeing how the assignment is positively affecting them. So, I mean, I'm giving them homework and hopefully they're feeling good from it, which in their papers they are, but I'm getting benefits from their homework, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So what is positive psychology and how is it different than every other field of psychology? Okay. So um, traditional psychology usually works with people who are what we call south of neutral, feeling uh, upset, angry, um, depressed, anxious, um, dealing with you know struggles, um, adjustments, dealing with difficult adjustment disorders, things like this and helping them get back to neutral, um, getting back to their, their normal functioning, whatever that is. Um, positive psychology is about living the good life, whatever your good life is. Everybody's good life is different. Uh, living north of neutral, where you are content with life, 
where you are satisfied, happy, joyous, um, enthusiastic about life, uh, you name it, there's lots of adjectives for that. Um, and there's, there's an overlap for sure. Um, positive psycho, there is positive psychotherapy where uh, traditional clinical psychologists can use positive psychology tools to help their patients go from south of neutral to north of neutral. Um, it has to be implemented at the right time. The patient has to be ready for it, uh, et cetera. But uh, positive psychology, definitions of positive psychology have changed over the years from the scientific study of happiness all the way now to the scientific study of optimal human functioning. And when we talk about optimal human functioning, it's not just mentally. We need to function optimally physically, emotionally, spiritually, all these different ways. It all is part of living the good life because if you have one area of your life that is really dragging you down, it's going to drag the other areas down. So we need to try to work and be complete, work, work ourselves uh, in multiple areas um, so we can live as best a life as we, as we can and that we're comfortable with. Right, yeah. And what are some of those practices that kind of help people foster their well-being, foster their health? You know, how, how does positive psychology really bolster that? All right, so there are lots of tools um, that we give throughout the, the semester. Um, I'll give you the breakdown so, so we know. We have like the, the happiness makeup. 50% um, of our happiness, our well-being is genetic. We get it from our, our parents and studies from twins over the years basically identify that half of our happiness makeup. Some people are going to have a good start um, genetically. Some people have a little bit lower start genetically, but half of our makeup of happiness is uh, genetics. 10% is life circumstances, things that happen to you during the day. Um, could be you plan to go uh, do something outside with your friends and rains and pours and stuff like this. You can't go out there. So that's going to bring you down. Um, but it could also be you're out there outside, whatever, and you bump into a friend you hadn't seen in a long time, positive energy, positive vibes going, makes you feel good. Uh, so these are just circumstances, things that happen, and that can raise, fluctuate your happiness about roughly about 10% of your happiness. The other 40% is what we call intentional activities, things that you do on purpose. And this is what your, your question is about. What, what kind of things can you do on purpose? Well, there, there's a lot and you can't possibly list all of them uh, because what makes you happy may not make me happy. Um, but there are certain things that we have identified that typically does make people happy. And the number one thing is gratitude, uh, being grateful. Um, one of the things that I say is uh, you need to be grateful for what you have. How can you expect to have more if you don't already appreciate and be grateful for what you have already? Um, so be grateful for everything that you have, whether it's the, the water that you drink, the clean water that we drink, because people out in Flint, Michigan don't have that, right? The, the clothes on your body, because there are some people out there that don't have it. The fact that you're able to eat three meals a day that some people don't, maybe you eat more, who knows, uh, being grateful. And when we're grateful, what we're doing then is also another thing, which is savoring. We're savoring that experience. Um, we are making that experience last longer, where it's, it's a deeper level of appreciation. Um, I like to do my gratitude at night. Um, makes me have positive vibes going to sleep. Instead of a lot of people, 
when they get together, couples get together at night, you know, they, they sit, they go get ready for bed and they're talking about their day and all the bad stuff. And, and you're focusing on what you have to do tomorrow. I was like, Oh, I've got this report due tomorrow. I got this. And you're all stressed out and you go to sleep and you have a, a stressful night of sleep. You're tossing, turning, you wake up and you're like, Oh my God, I'm still tired. Right. So um, going to bed with gratitude, put you in a positive mindset, put you in a positive state. You get a better night's sleep, you wake up a little bit more refreshed healthier you know stress drains us drains our immune system and stuff like this going to bed with positive vibes positive energy positive emotions helps you sleep at night i mean i fall asleep like that i mean it's you know it's it's incredible and and then i wake up in the morning and and maybe it's just me my mindset the way that i've lived my life for years but i always wake up in a positive mood feel great um great to be alive all this stuff so gratitude is a huge part of of my life um it's a great tool for uh, anybody to increase happiness. If, if I bump into someone or whether I'm on the golf course or whatever, and someone says, hey, what do you do? And I tell them about positive psychology, teaching it there. They're like, oh, what's one thing I can tell my son, my daughter to do to be happier? And the first thing I say is tell them to be more grateful. And I go into a, a little bit of a spiel. So gratitude is one of the big things. Um, another big part of it is uh, we talk about in class, other people matter. Um, and that has, that's from Chris Peterson, that has two meanings. Uh, one is that positive interpersonal relationships are one of the key ingredients to being happy, having someone there that you can talk to when you need to, uh, whether you're celebrating or whether you have trouble and you need to talk to someone. Uh, and of course, if you have multiple people for that situation, that's great. Uh, so positive interpersonal relationships where you can just be yourself um, be comfortable with that person um, and be able to be open to communicate good and bad news. So that is a very important part of happiness and well-being. The other part of other people matter is that when we help other people and we lift their spirits up, it not only makes them feel better, it makes us feel better. So it's kind of a two-for-one happiness. So if I go out there and I do something, whether I volunteer or just and notice randomly somebody needs help and you help them out and they appreciate that it makes them feel good but automatically you feel good so uh you know it's kind of like i said it's a, it's a two for one it's a it's a great way to increase your happiness a great way to spread happiness and then it's kind of that snowball effect you made that person feel better they're in a positive state now whoever they come in touch with over the next hour or so they're going to spend spread positive vibes, positive energy, and it just keeps going and keeps spreading. So those are a couple of things there. Doing things you like, doing things you're good at. Um, we talk about flow or getting in the zone in, in positive psych class. Um, if there are things that you are good at that you have a talent and ability at, and you've got some kind of an equal challenge, whether it's musical instruments, cooking, performing of any kind, sports, um, creativity, whether you are an artist of some sort, uh, doing something like that and getting into that flow state. And that helps reduce stress. And that increases our immune system. It helps improve our health. Um, and these are things you could do by yourself. These are things you could do with other people. It all depends. Um, what else? Well, exercise has been shown to increase our, our dopamine, which is a feel-good hormone, makes us feel good. That's a great way. Uh, now, of course, you have to like exercise to get 
the positive vibes from it. You know, some people just don't like it. So I would say don't do the traditional form of exercise. Uh, maybe do some type of physical activity that you enjoy. You know, that's you don't think of as exercise um, where you're getting some kind of movement, whether you are, and it could be, you know, dancing, could be yard work, um, could be taking a walk with a significant other, or just taking a walk, you know, even taking the dog for a walk, whatever, getting some movement, um, getting the blood flowing, getting the oxygen to our brain, getting the dopamine going, making us feel good. Um, those are several. I could keep going if you want, but you tell me. I could probably go on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> the, those are great. I wanted to jump back to gratitude, actually because um, I know that is such a big part and we've been practicing gratitude all semester. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to know, um, you know, share with, share with everyone, what are some ways that they could practice gratitude? All right, great way, great question there. Um, the simple ways are just in person, thanking somebody, sharing with them, you know, hey, I'm grateful for what you did, uh, that kind of stuff. Sending a text message um, is pretty cool. This is an activity don't tell anyone. This is something we're going to do later on in the semester. Um, and I, uh, the reactions that people get when they text their whoever, friend, family member, whatever, um, that they're great. You know, I'm thinking about you. I'm grateful for blah, blah, blah. And the text messages that come back from whoever they text is just so positive. And, and sometimes when it's to a parent, the, the mom or the dad text back, okay, what do you want? You know, I'm not used to getting these text messages from you that you're grateful for me. What do you need? That kind of stuff. And it's just because it's so unusual that we just tell people that we're grateful for them. And it's just a simple text message. That's very simple. Um, the, the little bit more in, in detailed ones, uh, we do a gratitude letter where you write a letter to someone, basically opening up and telling them how grateful you are to them for something that they've done or just the person that they are, the way they've influenced you, something like this could be short, could be long. Uh, I like the gratitude letter being in person where you deliver it in person. Of course, with the pandemic, it's kind of limited, but um, pre-pandemic, we would do it where you would write this person a letter, either let them read it in person in front of you or you read it to them. And the positive energy uh, between the two people is incredible. And the reaction papers the students give, um, it's probably one of their favorite homework assignments of the uh, semester. A ver another version of that is just the gratitude visit where there's no letter, there's nothing written down. You just go hang out with someone and express your gratitude to them. That's a little bit easier. It doesn't have to take as much uh, thought in writing down. Uh, it's still powerful, not as powerful as the letter, but it's still pretty powerful. Uh, experience. Um, the other thing we do is the gratitude journal where you write down something uh, every day, what you're grateful for and why, you know, not just saying I'm grateful for uh, my friend so-and-so. Tell me why you're grateful for them. So you have to actually think about it because it's easy just to say I'm grateful for water. I'm grateful for an iPad. I'm grateful for uh, my glasses and whatever. It's easy to say that there's nothing behind it, but you have to think and write down why you're grateful for that now you're actually, again, savoring the experience a little bit more, putting a little bit more effort, and it gets a little bit more. When you put a little emotion into anything, you get something more out of it. So I think that's the yeah, gratitude. Uh, 
I, I wrote my letter and delivered it, I think, earlier this weekend. And I wrote it to my best friend, and she loved it. She yeah, yeah. She she was touched, and we had a good little you know FaceTime call for thirty minutes, and it was nice to reconnect and cool. share some good emotions. Very good, very good. That's and that's the connections, right? You're you're connecting with that person, your friend there. It's one of the things that we've lost during the pandemic is having the connections with people in, in person. And a lot of people are like, you know, I can't stay connected to my friends and this kind of stuff. We can't be in person, but you still can be connected. You can be connected via, you know, Zoom or FaceTime or phone call. Hey, you know what's wrong with picking up the phone and calling someone, you know, that's going, I know it's old school, but calling, not just texting them, staying connected that way. Um, and, and now with people getting their shots, getting the vaccine, hopefully we're able to, you know, and if you want to do it outside, you know, get together outside, you can be safe outside with a little bit of social distancing, wearing the masks, and you can reconnect with these people. We need to have um, these connections with others to stay, to get whatever north of neutral so that we can live our good life, whatever that is. Yeah. So from the start of the semester, we've been talking about um, strengths, right? Um, how does that play into all of this? You know, how do we use our strengths to improve our well-being and even to express gratitude? You know, I know that is one of them, but how can the other ones be used to help that? All right. So we, we all have 24 character strengths and there's um, you know, a big st story behind that. I'm not going to get into all that because that would take too much time. But Chris Peterson, Martin Seligman. Seligman is the, you know, uh, developer, creator, father of positive psychology. Um, they spent time and they developed these uh, character strengths that are universal. Uh, they don't overlap. There's 24 distinct character strengths. And your top five, and it's roughly, it depends on how strong they are, but your top five could be six, but your top five are what they call your signature strengths. These are the ones that you use on a regular basis. They're authentically who you are. Um, for me, gratitude is like number one. And that's because that's how I live my life. And which came first, the, the gratitude being my strength. So I use it on a regular basis or I use it on a regular basis. That's why it's my strength. Not sure. Chicken or the egg type thing. Doesn't really matter. But gratitude, hope, humor, uh, love, zest. Those are my signature strengths. Those are the ones that are authentically me. And when I use these strengths to attack goals in life, it's much easier to accomplish that goal. So it's important when you're coaching someone, even in therapy, if you're working with someone to understand what your client or patient or your own character strengths are. Because if I was to attack a goal, if I use one of my strengths, it becomes easier for me to accomplish that goal. So why not use that strength? If I understand what my strengths are, now I can attack it and accomplish the goal quicker, be more efficient, probably do it better than if I didn't use one of my strengths. Um, using our strengths on a regular basis increases our happiness and well-being because it's, it's authentically who we are. It's natural to us. Um, the 24 strengths that we have, like creativity is not one of my top five. I, I, I'm not sure where it is on my list, but it's not my top five. But when I do use creativity, um, I, and I put something together and I, and I really get something to kick out of it. I'm like, that, that spikes my happiness. It makes me feel good. 
and it probably drives that character strength a little bit more closer to my top five. Um, there are different ways that you can use your strengths. And if you use your strengths in a, in a novel way, in a different way, you get an even greater uh, spike in happiness. So if I typically um, write down in a journal my gratitude on a regular basis, and I don't typically express it to people like the gratitude letter or something like that, and then I go out and I do a gratitude letter. And I have done these. I, I mean, I wanted to experience all the assignments that I gave my students before I did it. So I went out and I did those and boy, does it make a, a difference. It does give you a spike in happiness and it does last for an extended period of time. It's not like a short-lived um, increase in happiness and well-being. It lasts a longer period of time. So what I tell the students is know what your strengths are, how to use on a regular basis, try to use it in a different way. And I give them a couple of different resources to find ways of using your strengths in a different way. So you can get that spike in happiness and well-being and whatever it is. Um, you can use other strengths. If you want a different strength to be in your top five, it's like, you know what? Hey, here, Mr. You're talking about gratitude all the time. It's number eight for me. I want it to be in my top five because I, you know, it's such a good character strength to have. Well, if you use it more often, if you learn more about it, the more we learn about something, the more it becomes part of who we are. So if you learn more about gratitude, read something about gratitude, listen to podcasts about gratitude, um, take this class because it's a lot about gratitude, right? Um, gratitude will rise up into your, potentially could rise up into your top five and become authentically part of who you are. Uh, any strength, they're all strengths. None of them are weaknesses, even though there's a number 24. It doesn't mean that it's a weakness. It just means that you don't use it as regularly and it's not more nat as natural as the the ones above it are, but they are all strengths. Um, that's why they, they use that term instead of character traits. You know, they could easily have said these are character traits uh, because the strength is trait-like. It's part of who you are, but they use the term strengths so people understand that whether it's one or 24, it is a strength of mine. It's just which one is more developed than the other. Yeah, and I love about strengths that you know, we're able to foster and grow and use our, our top five or top 10 or whatever um, without having to feel like we have to like improve and make up for what's at the bottom. You know, we really just use what we have. Um, and if we want more, we can get it because like you said, there's strengths. We can build on all of them. Mm -hmm. I, I just love that about it. Exactly. And you can use your strengths with anything that you do in life, you know, um, whether it's, you know, making dinner, you know, zest and enthusiasm is my, one of my top five. Well, I can go about making dinner like, oh God, it's my turn to make dinner. I got to make dinner and get this out and whatever and all that kind of stuff. And then it's just, it's a, it's a chore, right? It's, it's a job. Mm -hmm. Or I can attack it with zest and enthusiasm and be like, oh, you know what? I'm making um, my mom's homemade spaghetti gravy. So I put on the Italian opera music uh, playing there. So it just reminds me of my youth and my mom listening to that kind of music and I have some fun with it and I just make it an experience. That's using my character strength. That's making that couple hour period that it takes to make the gravy a lot more fun and enjoyable. And I get a spike in happiness as opposed to being like, oh God, now I got to make the gravy. Oh, man, this takes a couple hours. I could be doing something else, blah, blah, blah. 
No. See, there, there's a big difference the way you attack it. Use one of your strengths to attack any chore you have in life, and you, you'll get you'll get more out of it. Be more um, positive experience, living the good life. Yeah. And uh, just so people know where they can find this, uh, I can probably drop a link in the uh, video description. But um, where are people looking for this character? Um, the website is viacharacter.org. It's V-I-A character.org. V-I-A stands for Values in Action. That's the uh, organization that um, has put this together and made this website. And it's a free, totally free assessment. It takes about what, like 10 minutes to do, something like that. Um, and you get your report and they have multiple types of reports. Um, I don't recommend anybody paying for a report, one of the advanced reports, unless you're totally into character strengths and you like, you really want to learn a ton about you. And they're anywhere from like $18 to a little bit more, I think I forget. I did it. Of course, I, I should do it just so I know what, what, the, what they are. I think the $18 one was uh, perfect. You know, I don't think you need to spend a lot of money. I think the one that they give you for free is all you need. Uh, you can find a lot of information on the internet uh, about character strengths and YouTube videos and, and stuff like that. Uh, you could also take positive psych class and learn a lot about it though, right? Great recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that we've had the chance to learn about in our class is the project that you've been working on over the years, um, Project P1. Could you tell us a little bit more about it? Okay, so Project P1 started out, um, well, so first it came out with P1, and, I, and P1 is something that I developed uh, 12 years ago, I believe now, um, and it's an abbreviation, it's, it's, it's kind of like my mantra, it stands for a couple of different things, but when I summarize it, it stands for giving it the one degree of extra effort to make a positive difference in the lives of others. So making it, it's, it, it goes off of that other people matter. When we do something to help somebody else out, it increases their happiness and increases ours. Um, so um, I would put it P1 and with a little degree symbol, one degree of extra effort and an exclamation point on my board, beginning of every class and it's there every class um, as a reminder to people that this is what we need to do in life, helps other people out, helps us out. Um, so then when it came time to start teaching positive psychology, I was like, I need to take this to another level. Let's do a project. And, it, and typically, in normal times, it's a group project of about five, six students doing something on campus, uh, usually in the quad, uh, could be in psych student union. Sometimes we rent out ballrooms A and B. We have multiple groups do a project where they're doing things where they're increasing happiness to the campus community. It could also be going to the local nursing home. I've had students go there and um, play games with the senior citizens. I've had people go to the VA and, and spend time talking to the veterans. I've had people go to nursery schools. I've had people go all, all different places, but it's all about spreading positivity uh, to our community. Um, I felt when I started this, whatever it was about 12 years ago, 10 years ago, that it would be great to spread some happiness on campus. And I know there's good things going on on our campus all the time, but I wanted to make it like a regular thing where students were um, experiencing positivity by helping other people out, making something simple. Some people do like um, gratitude, uh, like a gratitude garden. 
and they would get these creative popsicle sticks and leaves and stuff and people write what they're grateful for in a leaf put it on the popsicle stick stick it in the garden that kind of stuff um all different types of things and of course it's changed a little bit for the pandemic because we can't do it in person but we're still able to do things where we're sending e-cards of uh gratitude we're um making posts on social media of gratitude whether it's a video post of what makes you happy to uh how did you survive the pandemic to help other people uh give them ideas maybe it's putting together a positive playlist of music to help people out put them in positive uh mindset and that type of stuff um so the cool thing about project p1 is um and the whole and even the p1 students from years past it, it, they might have taken my class when they were a first year student and second year third year they're walking around campus and it's that time when other students are doing project p1 and they they come over like oh my god is this mr use positive psych class it's like yeah they're like oh i did this project and they jump in and they help the person out and they get so not only are they getting happy from experiencing the project but now they're going back and reminiscing to the time when they did the project and the good vibes they had and they're helping the current students out so it's a it's a real feel good kind of uh, experience project. Um, students typically say, oh my God, I hate group projects, right? It's like, oh, I have to work with other people and are they gonna be slackers? Are they gonna be social loafers or whatever? Um, I'd say, uh, I'd say the majority, I'd say 90 some percent when they do their reflection on the project write down that this is one of the best projects they've ever done. Every every student should have to do something like this um, in their in their time at Westchester and that kind of stuff. Every once in a while, it doesn't work out perfect, but um, I'd say 95-ish percent, 98 percent have a very positive experience with the, with the project. And it's cool to spread positivity, not just on campus, but in the local communities and stuff like this. Yeah, I really look forward to that, hopefully. Fingers crossed when we go back in the fall. In the fall. Yes, we will be doing it in the fall. So hopefully, yeah, we're back in person in the fall. And then the current students that I've had and the ones who've had it remotely uh, can go experience what the project was originally meant to be. Although I got to tell you, the way that it's morphed for the remote, there are definitely going to be portions of this project um, instituted into the positive cycle when we are in person it may not be part of the project, maybe something different, but they're definitely um, pieces of the remote project that are going to be put into um, in person yeah. positive psychology class. Good. Yeah, I mean they're all great ideas. All, all of them are just great ways to spread right. happiness. Nothing wrong with that, right? The world could use a little bit of happiness. Yeah. Always. All right. Well. We'll wrap up and I just want to ask, do you have any advice for students? Anything you want to, you want to tell the people of the WCU Wellcast? Well, one of the pieces of advice that I actually gave to my, I give it every semester. Um, and it was interesting that a year ago, the positive psych sections that I was teaching, I gave this my typical advice before spring break. And we were talking about savoring. And I was telling them to savor the experience that you're going through right now. College. It's one of the best times of your life. Um, you never get this back again. And you never know what's going to happen. You savor your friendships. Savor your, your family members. Be grateful for them. You never know when someone's going to be taken from you. You never know when something 
is going to change and you're not going to have that this experience again so be grateful for it savor it be present be mindful what's going on live this life this college life um, to the best of your abilities because tomorrow is not promised and i gave that right before spring break last semester and then of course we know spring break we got the word that we're going remote because of the pandemic and when i talked to the students on zoom when we came back they were saying to me oh my god mr you you're so right i can't believe we don't have the rest of the semester in person i miss my friends and all this kind of stuff and i was like oh, if i could have only enjoyed my time on campus more while i was there so it's a life lesson right we're going through a whole major life lesson right now so if we can even during this pandemic there are things to savor to appreciate um to make the best out of the situation uh, everybody's different not a, not everybody enjoys the experience that we're going remote most people don't i don't enjoy being remote i much prefer being in person but there are perks to this and you have to focus on what that is for you and um, make the best of a situation make trying to make um i forget what the saying is but making it making a good thing out of a bad situation negative situation the situation is what it is one of my favorite quotes i'll, I'll end with this life is 10 percent what happens to you 90 percent how you react to it stuff's going to happen to us we, stuff that we can't control is going to happen to us we can react negatively and let it own us let it consume us let it bring us down or we can say wow that really stinks uh and you can and it's okay to have a, a negative reaction be pissed off be upset be sad but then be like you know what i need to make the best the situation's not changing i need to make the best of the situation i can let this consume me let this bring me down or i could try to make the best of the situation and you do that you have that mindset then you have a much better chance of living north of neutral living a good life etc otherwise you're just letting it bring you down and we don't want that thank you so much professor yulenbrock i really appreciate you joining me on our podcast to talk today i'd like to wrap up by reminding everyone to visit the link in the description to find your top five via character strengths if you want to know more about the Office of Wellness Promotion, check us out on Instagram at WCU Wellness Promotion and find us on RamConnect. Be sure to savor your day, and as always, stay safe and stay well.